This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. And joining me today, refreshed and ready to go after a week off, it's the Liverpool Echo Sports Audience Editor, Sean Bradbury. Sean, thanks for joining me, mate. What a pile are you getting on? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. I was just saying then before we press record, uh, when we did this podcast yesterday with uh, Matt Addison, it was slim pickings when it came to big headlines, but uh, it's definitely not the case today, mate. We've got some good stories to talk about. Absolutely, yeah, a little, little bit to go at and, and some familiar names popped up again, which is which is good to see. It certainly is, uh, and one familiar name is Kylian Mbappe. He's been talking about Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp again, and we've reported his words on the Echoes website, while uh, Joe Rim has also written some of his own around the subject. Yeah, so um, everyone obviously is very familiar with, with this fellow who he is and that infamous hashtag which is kind of linked into Liverpool. And yeah, he's, he's come out with some interesting quotes. As you say, we've spoken to the Mirror um, and it's, it's quite similar what he said to some things he came out with back in January when he spoke to the BBC and basically very, very uh, um, praising of Liverpool. He, he said this time round, oh, this season Liverpool have been a machine in the Premier League, which I think was very similar language to what he used in back in January. Uh, they've made winning look easy, but the truth is it's never easy. Performances like like they've been having just, don't just happen. Um, and he praised all the hard work that's obviously been going on in the training ground and some words for Klopp too, saying he's a very good manager. And um, Yeah, as I say, like, back in January when he was speaking to the Beeb, at that point Liverpool were obviously unbeaten in the Premier League. He, he said again that line about the Reds being a machine. They win, they win, they win. Um, and just, yeah, huge praise for them. So maybe he's, he's doing his best to get that get that hashtag to prove through before the <laughs> year comes out. Uh, it's important to say, obviously, with, with anything with Mbappe, Klopp has quite literally laughed off these rumours in the past. Of course, he always says when he was the question was put to him, I think it was back in uh, November of last year, about initial Mbappe suggestions. You know, he, he obviously made clear how good a player he is and how every big club would, of course, be looking at him from from afar in almost a jealous perspective. And he just said on the basis of cost, it'd be very, very difficult for Liverpool. The, the thing is, though, whenever Klopp speaks about him, um, you always get the sense that he obviously does does admire him as a player. And recently it was it was put to him, I think it wasn't just about Mbappe, it was about obviously all the, the big star names who were out there, the minute Sancho and co. And Klopp kind of made it very clear that he's happy with what he's got and why wouldn't you be if you've got Liverpool's front line and an entire team indeed. But he did say, again, with reference to these, these superstars elsewhere, if we can get one of them in the future, we'll see. But we'll make the best of the situation we have. And kind of always leaves the door open a little bit. So I kind of feel that's why this, this speculation will, will rumble on, especially if Mbappe is going to whack the club off the Reds too. Of course, like we've always reported this before, Liverpool did keep tabs on him back in 2017. This was obviously on the clock and that's before Mbappe went to PSG. And I, I, I do think with, with this pause now in terms of the coronavirus pandemic and you know what where things are with football, I think players must be considering how short their careers are because mm. this is one of the things. Definitely. I think it's, it's quite a it's a moral dilemma, isn't it, in terms of the return of football? And I think the Premier League's done done the right thing to plan it. And, and hopefully all their safety measures are as responsible as they can be. And you look to Germany now and you see things coming back and, and it seems to be going okay in terms of safety, which, which clearly is the main thing. But, you know, it, it, I, I, part of me was thinking, well, if, what, what would I want to do if I was a player? Um, and, and again, safety would be paramount. But I think in the back of my mind, you'd be thinking, well, 
I do have a short career. It's you know not much more than a decade at the at the top level of the game at least. And then you think this interview with Mbappe that was the most recent one. He went into other things. He was in, in the actual full text of what the mirror has said, and you know he said things like it's a big ambition of mine to win the European Cup, and of course he, he could do that where he is. But then again, you look you look to Liverpool, and whilst it didn't end brilliantly in the Champions League this season, you know won it last year, finalist for two years in a row. You know the clock's got European pedigree. You know Liverpool as a club is steeped in it. The current squad know how to get over the line now in European competition. Um, and, and obviously Anfield is, is, is a place where you have a, you have a big advantage in that arena. Liverpool have been renowned for it, haven't they, obviously, down the years. So, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, whilst on, on the one hand it does seem like an absolute pipe dream for Mbappe to come to Liverpool, certainly from the financial perspective, you know, there's, 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 there's the pull and power of Klopp, there's, there's the short time that the players have to kind of have a career and get things won. And, and Liverpool is a place that, that is a destination club now. I think that that's, you know, can't be disputed and that's the other piece you mentioned that, that Joe Rim has written on our site obviously we had the initial piece about Mbappe's quotes and then Joe kind of did a comment piece on what Liverpool is and, and what what the, the, the standing of the club right now and how you know you always previously would have been worried about Madrid and Barca coming to snap up players and being the first destination that top targets would want to go to but things have changed a little bit for Liverpool so you know this the transfer window this time around, whenever it does does come about, it's going to be very different because of the, the financial uncertainty and the and the, the current climate. But you, know, you never know, do you? Um, Liverpool are in a reasonable financial position, so we will we will see what happens with some big names in the years to come. We will do. You never know. We could have the hashtag Mbappe 2021 emerging pretty soon. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> would not rule it out. Uh, one player definitely not would, would not rule Liverpool signing, if not this summer, given the uh, the current financial climate. But then certainly next year, it is Timo Werner. We talked to him about him on this podcast, the main Blood Red podcast, analysing Anfield a, a lot. Uh, but we did get a new perspective uh, yesterday when Matt Addison recorded a, an exclusive podcast with the Red Bull Salzburg head coach, Jesse Marsh, who'd worked with Werner when he was assistant manager at Red Bull Leipzig. We're starting to get the uh, stories onto the Echo website now, including the one about Werner. What's he been saying, Jesse Marsh? Yeah, it, well, as you said, we know, absolutely brilliant podcast. I just encourage everyone to go and listen to it because he chats about Werner, which we'll come on to, but there's, there's just loads in it. He's talking about Liverpool's relationship with the, with the Red Bull clubs in general. He's talking about Haaland. He's, some great stuff about Minamino and it's all sorts in there. But yeah, in, in terms of the awareness specific stuff, it, it's really, really interesting because to have a, a current manager, an elite level manager, mm-hmm. Champions League manager, go into this amount of detail about a player that he, he has, as you say, huge exposure to in, in training situations because given his previous status as the, the Leipzig assistant, these are some of the kind of most impassioned and, and detailed quotes I've heard about Werner. Really. Yeah, he said, you know, he's, he's been an incredible asset for Liverpool. He talks about almost every facet of his game and his character as well, which I found interesting. Said his mentality is great. He's one of the most aggressive and cutthroat players I've ever seen. You know, every line you read or hear in the podcast of this, you just kind of think, well, that ticks another box. He, tactically, he, he trumpets his versatility, says for Liverpool he could play in any of the front three positions and he would be fantastic. And then there's, 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 one, there's one paragraph where he just, yeah, he just says, from a footballer mind, from an explosive perspective in terms of finishing mentality, He's incredible. And again, Liverpool fans would love this. He has the potential to get even better. Uh, and then maybe maybe slightly tell the party line a bit. He says it would be cheaper Liverpool, but he'd be a great asset, that's for sure. And yeah, you just, you just kind of think, it, it's interesting with Wayne because it, it, I think this deal 
kind of sums up in some ways the, the frustration that football fans are feeling at the moment. Obviously, <laughs> football isn't isn't the biggest priority with coronavirus affecting virtually every country on the globe. But you know, the, the game has paused and, and things have happened. Plans would have been in place that have obviously been disrupted. And you think Liverpool and Werner is something that it's a deal that potentially would be much further on now. You would think, were it not for this. Uh, suspension of football and you know various flirtations with Liverpool are well documented uh, there's been suggestions in the German media recently that Klopp and him spoke before lockdown and uh, accounts coming out this week that they even potentially had a virtual meeting during lockdown mm-hmm. and I think that in terms of what I sense on social media reaction to Echo stories obviously we've written a lot about, about Werner it seems to be a bit of a not a malaise in interest but I think people think well you know this is something that might have happened and is it now going to happen? And, and it's hard to provide a straight answer on, but as from a fan's perspective as, as well, in terms of myself, I read these quotes and was just kind of re-infused almost about, about the idea of him, given how impassioned March was about it. And obviously, yeah, Werner, <laughs> from, in terms of his part, he's, he's still doing the business in the Bundesliga. Got a, got a hat-trick at the weekend against Mainz and I think that takes him on to 24 goals in the domestic German league this season. So, yeah, we'll... Kind of see how things unfold. The suggestions are that this clause in his contract kind of in- incrementally reduces as, as time ticks by towards uh, his deal finishing, which I think is in 2023. But but the the amounts that it would cost to activate his clause do reduce over time. Apparently, yeah, I think in terms of his versatility, his age, he's just turned 24. The good relations Liverpool do have with the Red Bull clubs and and their the keenness on their part to associate with Liverpool. I think that's something that came over from from what Marsh was saying. You know the the stylistic fit and almost the almost the brand fit really, you know, Red Bull Red Bull players going to Liverpool I think is something that in the current climate those clubs would quite like to see. I think when you take all that as, as one thing, you think this is a deal that at some point will get over the line, but whether that might be in January or, or a cater style deal for to get something sorted for next season we'll we'll have to see. We will. Do please check out that podcast that Matt Addison did with Jesse Marsh, though. It is, uh, as Sean rightly said there, an incredible listen. Uh, and Werner will be in action tonight at half five UK time against Marco Grouch, is here for Berlin. So, no doubt, uh, we may see his name popping up on Twitter and trending again later today if he adds to his goal tally. Uh, I know, I think James Pierce, our former Liverpool report, was saying this in an athletic piece recently that there is some trainer for if Liverpool were to go for Werner he obviously might have to let players leave and that is the, the Liverpool business model and uh, another of our former Liverpool reporters Dominic King in the Daily Mail last night was saying that there's interest in Jordan Sakiri and that there's another club who's joined a race for to sign Adam Lallana on a free transfer when his contract expires Yeah, interested on, on both counts so in terms of Shaqiri it's Newcastle's name who are now popping up in terms of a, a potential move for him can of feel that that does make sense, especially if this controversial takeover does go through and it's got a fair bit of money um, knocking around. Because I mean, the thing to remember with Shaqiri, Liverpool set an asking price of him um, of more than twenty million. I think you know when back in the previous climate, if you like, when it didn't look like the disruption would be kind of wrought on this window. And I think that when when you think about it in, in that previous perspective, that seemed quite fair. You know, he's well, it hasn't appeared much this term. I think it's only ten appearances all told and not played since January for the Reds. You know, Liverpool got him for just over 13 million a couple of seasons ago, still only 28. He's, he's done well when whenever called upon. There is the slightly patchy injury record, which is a concern, but you get a player of proven quality if, if he does move on somewhere. Champions League winner, potentially a Premier League winner. There was interest in January, as this piece says, and as the Echoes reported before, I think from Roma, Sevilla and others apparently had made inquiries, but at that time, 
given Liverpool's situation and all the competitions they were competing in, it it was a, it was a non-starter really in terms of them leaving. I think. So yeah, it, it's interesting. But like like we said, we know I think this does feel very much like one that will be tied tied to potential incomings because as much as the in, as the injury thing and that's maybe stunted his progress in terms of being able to really become a first team regular and hold down a position. You know, when someone does have the ins and outs in terms of availability that he has suffered with, it is difficult to plan for them as one of your mainstays and it must be a frustration just, you know, despite his talent and that obviously does have to be factored in. But but yeah, he's I think if if Werner can't come in and the finances of that are too difficult, which which is very conceivable in the current climate, then you know, you've got someone who does know the ropes at Liverpool, he's, as we say, he's reliable um, and he's, he's still a top player and if he can stay fit, he will, he will be an asset. So, interesting to see how that one goes and maybe if it is a case of Werner in it, it will be a case of Shaqiri out. Newcastle be, might be quite a good place for him to go. He'd be, be an absolute star man up there, wouldn't he? And be interesting what does happen if this takeover does go through for them and how they look to rebuild. And then, yeah, moving on to Lallana, it does seem like Leicester and uh, Brendan Rodgers' reunion is... is it's the most likely thing for him. But yeah, Burnley, apparently, mm. a name that's, that's out there now, which would, would be interesting. But it does speak to, to his quality and, I suppose, therefore, the quality that Liverpool have got. Albeit, Milano is 31. If you've got a player of his experience and talent who you, you can move on and, and he can go and play immediately for another Premier League club, I think really what this points to is the path of progression that Liverpool would expect for the likes of Curtis Jones. You've obviously got Minamino in terms of where he's going to fit in Tactically, it's still kind of up in the air a little bit, but he can play in midfield. You've got Cater and Ox, who are obviously looking for, for more game time. So you can see why Lalana going on will be different, is, is a possibility. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see possibly two familiar faces in the Premier League at different clubs next season. Indeed. Now to our last story, which again is on the Liverpool Echoes website if you want to have a read of it after listening to this podcast. And it concerns a 60-year-old uh, Premier League rule that, uh, sorry, a six-year-old rule the Premier League are about to rip up. It's Ian Doyle who's been reporting on this. Yeah, so uh, this is based on reports in the Telegraph yesterday, basically saying that the 3 p.m. blackout to not being able to televise games, opposition to that has been dropped from within the Premier League. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the phrase in a couple of reports is that TV bonanza is, is on the <laughs> like rise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. Initially, a, a few weeks back in terms of the, the rumblings around how the season could be wrapped up, I think it was all suggested that things needed, wanted to be done pretty quickly in like six weeks or so. And I think the assumption then was that that would mean that um, games would be played weekends, midweek, that it has to be to, to get all 92 remaining matches done. Then there was a mail report a couple of weeks back. I remember reading this one and we, we turned around a little piece on it saying that the main plan was to have the majority of games at weekends. So in, in this one, it said you can maybe have a, one game on Friday, four Saturday, four Sunday and another on Monday and kind of repeat that pattern until the, the season's finished. Um, but yeah, this, more reports, and there's more in the mirror today with with extra detail. The suggestion now is that you could have potentially five back-to-back games on a Saturday and on a Sunday. So you could wow. have kickoffs at 12, 2, 4, 6 and 8 uh, on, on both days of the weekend, which which I think, yeah, that bonanza is the fair word there if, you, if you're going to get that much football. But then the, the details remaining to be sketched out uh whether midweek could come into it as well. Because the suggestion is that broadcasters are pushing for midweek, kind of almost like double headers, like mini Champions League style nights where you might have a game kicking off at 6 and another one at 8 p.m. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. And then there's, there's, there's obviously lots of meetings in the Premier League this week. There's meetings today and then there's, there's further 
meetings tomorrow, and I think this on, the, on Thursday is when the, the TV stuff is apparently to be addressed. So all of these things will play out in terms of when when the matches could be could be sketched out. Who will have the rights? Because uh, there's, there's some details there yet to be thrashed out. I think Sky and BT finally have got 47 remaining games already allocated to them. The suggestion of up to 45 that remain beyond that. Sky would have 32, an extra 32. BT could have eight, and then five. The suggestions could go to Amazon and the BBC. Um, and then there's even some talk of Sky and BT potentially showing free-to-air games on YouTube or, or Freeview. So, so yeah, I think we'll, we'll hear more, more about all of this in the coming days. And I think the key point to remember, though, is I would imagine that the TV companies, within reason, will get what they want here just because of the fear of the big rebates that would be due if, if games can't be shown. I mean, there was talk of the 762 million figure that if, if there were no games at all, televised or you know played from here on in uh, that that would be how much the clubs would have to pay back which is a huge amount and, there, and there's already talk that it, it could be more than 300 million that they have to pay back kind of anyway so yeah I, I think the tv companies in terms of when games are played are going to are going to call the tune at this stage as much as the schedule does have to you know allow for the fact that the players have just come back off a break and we have to avoid injuries and, and all that type of thing but i think games of the weekend with the occasional game in midweek a bit like again a bit like what we're seeing in germany at the minute probably how it's going to look yes indeed thank you very much Sean that's all for your morning headlines and thank you very much for listening as always our next podcast will be out later today Uh, it's the latest edition of Analyzing Anfield bye for now you've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo